Welcome to the Scarleteers podcast, where we talk about our favorite show, Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Welcome, everybody, to the Scarleteers podcast. Welcome. Thank you for listening. The reception for the first podcast was very warm and lovely, and we thank you. So thank you for listening. This podcast, or this episode, I guess, we are going to talk about the main characters, Eliza and William. So that's what we're doing today. Lindsay, start us off with our main headliner character, Eliza. Tell us a lot. I don't want to say a little. Tell us a lot about Eliza. So I kind of look at Eliza as as almost our kind of our narrator or our guide through this world because it really is her world. You know, she's she's kind of the person that everything revolves around. And, I, and, and part of me kind of goes, if you don't like Eliza, this is quite difficult. You kind of have to have to like her. And she is just, you know, she's amazing. She is, there's multiple sides to her. And she's very, I think of her as very chameleon-like because depending on who she's dealing with will depend on how she's going to act and how she's going to behave. And what I like is when we first kind of meet Eliza in episode one, the kind of opening sequence really shows us the two very different sides of her. Um, you know, when we first meet her, she's kind of a bit shady. She's walking down dark alleys and, and paying off street boys to kind of have a look at a crime scene and then getting herself all into a bit of a scrap because it's not, you know, the dead body is not a dead body. And and she's like stealing a glass eye and she's she's kind of getting very lucky. And, and that is a bit how Eliza kind of is throughout the show in that sometimes it's a bit more luck than skill that gets her out of trouble sometimes and in that particular scene you know that our, our lovely glass-eyed lady bangs her head on a brick wall and knocks herself out <laughs> which is just it just brings the humor and it shows you you know we're not going to take ourselves too seriously but we're going to kind of have a laugh at the same time and the way she kind of comes out a little bit flustered and you know she's she's telling off the street boy with her I I wanted dead not drunk and it kind of really does kick the show off really in with a bang and then on the flip side of that you've got Eliza kind of coming home and she's having to be this very prim and proper Victorian lady entertaining Mrs Parker and her son Rupert and you know a fan watching the show you're kind of instantly intrigued and kind of gone oh hang on a minute we we've swapped she's not quite so shady she's she's being a bit more of a lady and 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 of course you still get the humor when the glass eye drops out of her sleeve <laughs> and it very quickly kind of shows you what sort of character Eliza is and what sort of show you're kind of gonna get kind of I really love that opening because it very quickly kind of sets everything up and, and shows us who Eliza is and she is this kind of very prim proper Victorian lady and she uses that image as one of her skills to kind of dece- deceive some people but equally you know she's very intelligent she does know what she's doing and you know there's just very there's a lot of kind of different sides to Eliza and that they're kind of the things that I love and she Throughout the episodes, you do kind of see she's she has a little bit of a tough time. And I think that's why we kind of root for her. There are times when you kind of think, oh, Eliza, that's not really the best move. Um, like, for instance, going to a prison by yourself when, you know, you've, you've got the likes of William, who you probably could have dragged along with you, or even Moses is very capable to have gone with her. 
and yet she chooses to go by herself so you kind of have this very different kind of sides to Eliza and I think she we've definitely taken her to our hearts as fans and just full credit to Kate Phillips who plays her because I I think I feel like I've worked out that there's only about 30 scenes in the whole of the six episodes that Kate isn't in and it's like in the first episode she's pretty much in every single one firing the two flashbacks and aside from episode five where Eliza's kind of missing for the first 15 minutes every other episode it's almost like there's only maybe six or seven scenes throughout the whole episode that Kate isn't in and you just think wow like did she sleep <laughs> well you really did your homework in the counting the um scenes that she did I never guessed them it <laughs> <laughs> I just um, I'm so impressed by Kate and and just actual the different nuances that she gives Eliza and just how much effort and work she must have put in in those kind of because I think was it 10 or 11 weeks they were filming it was quite a tight timeline and for her to be in so many scenes I just think wow just full credit because there isn't any scenes that you kind of look at and go "Mm, could have done better just I think she nails every single one I would agree with you she I couldn't imagine anybody else as Scarlet now I I think she really nails the essence of Scarlet yeah I couldn't think of a better person other than Kate Phillips. No, I think she definitely just fully encompasses the whole of what Eliza is and and hopefully kind of how Rachel wanted Eliza to be. Anything else? I mean, I think there's a few kind of interesting points in that, you know, there's Eliza never really, she kind of has a lot of different people to deal with and she doesn't, it never feels like she's she's kind of got any support and it doesn't matter who she kind of interacts with be it for instance when she's dealing with the women you you've kind of got Flora Mumford you you've got Amelia Evans and you kind of see that Eliza doesn't necessarily know how to deal with other women sometimes like she's quite awkward and that they're, they're not very supportive of her either and you kind of they don't understand her but equally she doesn't necessarily understand them and it's not just the men that aren't kind of getting Eliza and how she works is very kind of all-encompassing that Eliza's a very strange commodity in this in this era of people you do have a good point now that I think about it yeah she doesn't really fully click she doesn't have like best friend maybe Ivy but even then there's not a person where she's you know totally in sync with she does have some sort of social awkwardness and that's probably because of the way she was raised with Henry and Ivy with no mother and I think she's always trying to prove herself and that often is kind of a detriment she's always trying to be the smartest the quickest you know the quickest mind the cleverest And she often, maybe not often, but like you said, she maybe missteps and doesn't do quite the right thing. And that often creates a situation that she's in trouble. She gets in trouble with, especially with William and situations and the cases, because she always wants to be the quickest, solve the case, the fastest, be the smartest. Because I think she wants to prove that she can do the detecting and be who I don't know her 
that her father wanted her to be. I don't know if that's the quite the right phrase because I, I don't know if Henry would have wanted her to be solo detecting. I, I think she kind of almost seeks out his approval maybe because in my mind she's probably been shut out from it a lot and and as she says herself she's kind of constantly been told no she can't do it so I think there's an element of I feel like I have to prove to everybody every single time I do a case or take something on that I can do it um, and she never really sometimes I think slows down to kind of really think things through she's very quick-minded and I think sometimes the most intelligent people can lack common sense and so where some people might kind of go oh actually that's probably not the best thing Eliza's just gonna gung-ho go straight for it and then afterwards kind of think "Hmm, maybe that wasn't quite the right choice but we love her for it yeah she acts before she thinks or she speaks before she thinks kind of thing she trusts her gut before thinking things through yeah and while I'd say majority of the time it's fine or it ends up fine sometimes it doesn't end up fine yeah and I think she's also been very patient in the sense that we don't necessarily know how old Eliza was in the two flashbacks that we see I've kind of pegged her around maybe 14 but we don't know but if if she is about 14 then then really it's if that's the point that Henry kind of went no I'm this is the end of the police work for you and almost pulled back from her she's kind of been waiting maybe 12 years to be able to get out on her own and and do what she really wants to do and part of you kind of goes that that's quite respectful to Henry she's obviously been very respectful to him by not 100% going against his wishes if he didn't want her to. Because we kind of get this impression when she's telling Ivy, please don't tell father that I've kind of got myself all beaten up by by our lovely glass-eyed lady. So she, you kind of think she hasn't necessarily got his full permission. And I think if she had, he probably would have worked out a way to involve her in, in his detective business that that would appease her and he clearly hasn't before the show starts he's clearly kind of gone no because a lot of the things afterwards that we see is she she wants his approval and I think this image of Henry that she kind of conjures up every time is a very supportive Henry and I think perhaps not when he was alive I don't think he would have been that supportive I think he would have wanted to be maybe if he sees how well she does it I think but Um, at the same time it's possibly not what he would have chosen for her to do so I think she's waited quite patiently and been quite respectful to not go against his wishes when he was alive and that shows like you pointed out the two sides of her she's very impetuous and rash in the show but it also shows like you said a very respectful you know, holding back to, you know, be respectful of his wishes of not doing the detecting and the police work. So that shows the duality of her character as well. Yeah, she wants to, she wants to please people, I think, in a way. She wants people to kind of maybe go, yeah, you, you did a good job. And whether that's her father, William, other people, it's an, an open question. 
but I do think that she does kind of in some ways seek that yeah I can do this and you know people respect that okay um Isabel tell us about William (laughs) William yes he's the the duke (laughs) in case somebody still hasn't figured it out (laughs) and why are they why do they call him the duke why is his nickname the duke Well, there was a Duke of Wellington at the time, and he was a very well-known, famous figure. He was the one that defeated Napoleon at Waterloo, which was like the biggest battle in European history, up until that point anyway. And um, he was also a good friend of Queen Victoria. He was godfather to one of her sons. But he was also a bit of a gambler and a womanizer. And his last name was Wellington, just like our William is called Wellington. (laughs) And so you have this connection between his last name and his behavior because William is also a bit of a gambler, a bit of a womanizer. At least that's how he's described. And so his colleagues at Scotland Yard started to call him the Duke. They're the only ones who call him the Duke, so it, it doesn't get mentioned too often in the show. So I, I get that some people might have missed it in the first few episodes. <laughs> Was the Duke of Wellington also something to do with the police with the Tower of London? I think that comes into it as well a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> All right, fans, some, you guys figure it out. <laughs> I'll Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Homework for next time. (laughs) There you go. Yes. So our William, our Duke, um, he grew up in a very poor environment. We don't know too much about him, but we know that he, I think Stuart, uh, who plays him, said himself that um, William grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. So he also had a bit of a criminal history. and We believe that this is how he met um, Henry. Scarlet at one point as a teenager probably that um, Henry caught him stealing or something and then um, Henry took him under his wings and he became his protege so William became um, Henry's protege and that's how he met Eliza as well and they were quite young we don't know how young exactly but there was an episode where they shared a kiss (laughs) as teenagers and she slapped him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, and then um, William followed um, Henry's footsteps, became a policeman and became a detective inspector at Scotland Yard. And at first, when we meet him, he's very much a man of his time. So he doesn't approve of um, Eliza going out, putting herself in danger and doing a man's job because being a detective is a man's job. So I think a lot of fans were kind of annoyed with him or didn't really click with him. But I think over the course of the series, we learn that he has, he's not only like this rough rogue guy on the outside, he has a really soft uh, side on the inside as well. And um, part of this soft side is for Eliza as well. And he's able to learn and to evolve. I think in the end, at the end of season one, he has some kind of respect for her and for her work more than he has in the beginning, at least. 
So um, he improves, I would say. He's like a fine wine. Yes, yes, he improves with time. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like a fine whiskey. Is he Scottish? You have to say whiskey. Yeah, much better. Aged whiskey. <laughs> There you go. So, yes, uh, thank you for mentioning that he's Scottish. I completely yeah. forgot. <laughs> it's just so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, um, he wasn't a, He wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. He wasn't supposed to be Scottish. So, uh, but I couldn't imagine him not being Scottish. No, no, mm-hmm. he, he must be. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But there are a lot of things that we don't know about him. So he obviously, he has the Scottish accent. So he must have grown up in Scotland or at least around Scottish people otherwise he wouldn't have had this uh, Scottish accent but we don't know what happened to his family to his parents did he grow up in an orphanage or in a workhouse Um, there are just a lot of fan theories out there um, that try to explain (laughs) how uh, William ended up in, in London and meeting Henry Scarlet and his daughter but so far we don't know and we just hope that season two will answer some of these questions i was one of the fans who was very unhappy with william and how he treated eliza in the beginning but like you said towards the end of the series or the season um i grew to be okay with how he treated eliza I could see his motives and like you said, he is a man of his time. So they don't like women in, you know, these situations where they have to be rescued or they are in over their heads. Men during the Victorian ages are, they don't think women can have these grand thoughts or these brains that can have these, you know, clever or they can solve crimes. And so William, you know, often didn't think Eliza could solve the crimes or be of help in the crimes. Episode by episode, Eliza kind of wore him down and showed him that she could be of help. And so towards the end, while he still didn't like her out and about, he did kind of begrudgingly ask her help on a few cases while it was stay in my office and look through files it was still help and so hopefully in season two we'll see a little bit more of you know not break down the door with me but more mild you know helping me solve these small crimes and cases towards the end I was okay with how he treated her you know because like I said I saw his motives and how he treated her and so I'm like okay I think think we also have to remember that Henry was his friend first and foremost and Eliza is still Henry's daughter regardless of the fact that she's closer to age than William than William is to Henry for instance I think he must have a, a level of I've got to protect her not because he likes her but because of a respect for Henry And I think it must be quite confusing this. You've got Eliza who is bumbling along going, I want to be a detective. I want to be a detective. And for him thinking that's probably not what Henry would have wanted her to do. And so it's that kind of do I go against what I know my best friend or good friend would want his daughter to do? Or do 
do I know that she is going to go do this regardless of what anybody says and therefore I kind of need to support but try and get her to do what she wants to do but do it in a safe way because I think he would he would never be able to live with himself if something happened to her because he had allowed her in some ways because he's he's not her father he's not her brother he's not her husband he actually has very little say in what Eliza can and cannot do and I think he when you when you first meet him you do have this element of he is a really shouty Scott who's you know I'm all I'm big Mr Detective I'm a detective inspector at Scotland Yard and he's all you know but as you kind of see him go through he does kind of change and and I think there is a little bit of conflict there for him as to how does he work with Eliza I think in the beginning it does start off as Henry's my good friend he wouldn't want this she is terrible at this I'm going to protect her at all costs but through the season she proves herself in small ways and he realizes she's going to do this no matter what so let me humor her in little bits and then I'll protect her you know and support her and try you know try to help her and keep her safe so I think it's a shift he starts off in this very hard concrete no I will not allow her to do this to this she will do it anyway and I need to help her and make sure she's safe because she's so stubborn that (laughs) she's just going to do it anyway and I won't allow my good friend's daughter to come of harm yeah and I think at first he's really confused because as a true Victorian man he just assumes that um, after Henry dies that Eliza will just go get married have children be a housewife I mean that's what Victorian women did at the time so he just thinks that's what she's going to do but then she shows up at Scotland Yard and is like oh I'm a female detective now and I have this case and um, I'm doing this and then I think it completely irritates and confuses him because he doesn't know how to handle the situation and why he doesn't understand why she's doing it and then again over the course of the series he understands or starts to understand that she's not only an obstacle uh, for his um, detecting so I think at first he thinks really she's going to mess things up she's going to make life and his job worse and more complicated than it is but then he learns okay she's she's kind of clever and she's good at figuring things out so and she's going to do it anyway so whether I approve or not or whether I throw her in jail and put her in front of a court um, she's just going to do it anyway so I might as well like keep her close so I can keep an eye on her. I think that's that's his attitude mainly. <laughs> I would agree with that. I find it interesting that we kind of get this image of Henry who is very lovable, he's very kind and you kind of question if William has been so mentored by Henry, why does he not have a slightly more relaxed kind of view of Eliza and is it because she, you know 
that's just how Victorian women were, that they got married, they had children, and that's just that? Or would Henry have had some sort of input into why William doesn't have a little bit more respect for her when we first meet her, meet the two of them together? I don't know. That's a very good question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I have... hey, maybe some of our scarleteers might have an input into that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just put it out. Mm-hmm. Just my own personal theory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all the scholars will go like, no, it's a bit diff- different. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my theory is that I think that they spent some time together when they were teenagers and while Henry was mentoring William. But um, after, sometime after that infamous kiss, they both went their separate ways. So I don't think they had much interaction in the last 10 years between the kiss and between when the show starts. So they're only getting to know each other again as as adults, maybe. I maybe. would kind of agree with that in the sense that when we first see them in their first kind of scene together in William's office, it does feel a little bit like they're they're more acquaintances. And I do get the the feeling that perhaps they haven't ever spent time just the two of them. It's always kind of been orchestrated maybe by Henry. Maybe William would come round for dinner or he'd be in Henry's study in the house. And she's kind of, they've been around each other like that, but it doesn't feel like they've ever really taken the time to get to know each other properly. Certainly yeah. not as adults. Yeah. Very awkward and like hmm. new meeting a new person. Yeah. Because yeah. I yeah. find it interesting that for everybody else, when she kind of, we kind of see them as she meets them, apart from Ivy, in a way, we kind of know that she's got an idea who Rupert Parker is, but she doesn't interact with him properly until the beginning of the show and we get to see her meet Moses so this kind of crew that she's amassed Ivy's really the only person that's really been there and you think William you'd put him on a par of as, as Ivy in a way because they've probably known each other for so long yet even then it still feels like in that first scene this is one of the first times she's seen him in a little bit yeah yeah well fans give us your thoughts and we'll discuss. Yes. And then then we'll watch season two and find out that everything was We're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really interested to know how our, th- our fan theories pan out. Uh, yeah. Prove us wrong, Rachel. Um, okay. So we've talked about William and Eliza. So let's talk a little bit about the actors who have played them. What are what other roles have they been in? Um, Lindsay, give us a few examples of what Kate Phillips has been in. So I've been doing my research this month. You mm-hmm. know, it's like it's like having a little bit of homework. But yeah. um, it, Kate's mainly been in a lot of period dramas, and I think she's kind of said that herself that it would be quite strange to be on set in a pair of jeans and t-shirts because she, she's. <laughs> pretty much everything has been a a particular era and a a theme I guess a lot of the characters have been kind of a secondary character and 
and so of the things that I've watched I, I've always been oh I wish they'd have used her a bit more and I think yeah. that's because I'm so used to seeing her as Eliza now that it's like she is amazing she's really good and when you do watch her in something else you kind of go oh she's really good as that character oh I could have I could have done with a little bit more I wanted to see her in in a little bit more um you know these these are a few things she, she's in um season one of the crown for a few episodes and um she plays a, a character called Venetia Scott and she's I had to google this but she Venetia Scott isn't actually a real person it's a made-up character when because when you think of the crown you kind of think that they they're using real people but they have actually created this character of, of Venetia Scott and she's she's kind of almost like an assistant to Winston Churchill so she, she's she's in it a fair bit and not giving anything away but um she she is really good in it and I did really enjoy her scenes in that um, the other one that I watched was uh, My Mother and Other Strangers, which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think is on PBS, isn't it, Amanda? Um, yes, it's on PBS. And where did I watch it? I watched um, something odd. So, yeah, but I watched it. Because um, I think I've seen, I I've definitely seen some of the PBS behind the scenes bits on, on YouTube for it. Yeah. Um, so it's possible it may be on Passport. You can watch it there. For in the UK, it was on Amazon Prime um, that I watched it on, and and I did really enjoy it. The storyline is a little bit slow over the course of the five episodes, but yeah. she's she's in it from episode three, and I, I did find her character quite funny. I'm not sure if I was supposed <laughs> to or not, <laughs> but I I did quite enjoy her character. And and yeah. there's a particular bit in episode five where she just kind of has this muttered line as she's walking away from somebody and I was just like oh I love that yeah and and she she's kind of a, an American army nurse so she does have an American accent yeah I'm not gonna I'm not gonna her judge name, her name is Tilly and I, yes. I giggled at that yeah. Tilly. <laughs> Tilly Zyger yeah Tilly um, Zyger is her name and she sings in it or at least I'm assuming it's it's her singing um I no so yeah I I um I feel that kind of plays into in on the Scarlet Tears group. We we've had mumblings of a Christmas episode if we could create our own Christmas episode. So I'm like, yep, that that's a nice tick in our little uh, box. We're gonna have yeah. Eliza and Rupert singing Christmas carols together. <laughs> um, I love it. <laughs> I can just imagine. Does does Andrew play the piano? Because I've got visions of Rupert playing the piano and Eliza standing next to him singing. Christmas carols. Ah, uh, I hate to admit it, but I don't know. <gasps> oh, no. We found something Isabel doesn't know about Andrew. Oh my God. I'm uh. blushing. <laughs> I'm turning red. <laughs> oh, no. We, we're going to have to find this one out now. But that, yep. that's my kind of vision with, with, with the German Christmas tree. And, and yeah. Tilly, oh, Tilly may be it. giving them a few daggers. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. And and then the other one that I watched was um was the aftermath, which stars Kira Knightley, and I really really enjoyed the film in as a whole. I I just it's part of some of, of history that I don't know very much about, and so I found it quite interesting because it's set just after the Second World War in Hamburg. And although Kate's not in it very much, I, I did quite enjoy her character in that as well, and just the whole film so it was definitely 
worth the watch. And she's also uh, plays in Peaky Blinders. Mm -hmm. She is a secondary character, but she is a big character, I would guess. I would guess I would call it. Um, she plays the eldest brother's wife. Mm -hmm. um, Linda the, Shelby. Yeah, um, a Shelby. She plays Arthur Shelby's wife. Um, can't call recall her name right now. Um, Linda. Linda, yes. Um, she starts off straight-laced. She's a Quaker, straight-laced. She kind of falters into their lifestyle, but then she goes back into the fold and she causes a lot of trouble for the brothers um she's a really great character she really you know is a great actress in that role so when i heard kate phillips and i was really excited that she was in miss scarlet because she's a phenomenal actor and so i was really excited that i was like oh for once she has a starring role because She's great. She's great in Peaky Blinders. Yeah, same, actually. When I heard that uh, Kate Phillips is playing the lead, I was like, yes. <laughs> uh, first time I saw her was um, on The Crown, and I was really impressed. I mean, usually I just watch a show or a movie and just go with the flow and enjoy the plot. But sometimes when there's really, really good actor I'm sitting there going like, oh, wow, this is amazing. So I, I kind of get out off the plot uh, and then see the actor and what they're doing. And um, Kate Phillips did that for me in The Crown, which maybe sounds a bit negative now, but <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's meant totally positive. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed her portrayal and I thought she was really great. Then, um, but I think it was after I watched Miss Scarlet, or at least... Let me think. Uh, no, it was before Miss Scarlet, but when I knew that she would uh, play Miss Scarlet, I saw her in Downton Abbey. In the Downton Abbey movie, um, she plays Princess Mary. And it, again, it's a really small role, so she isn't in the film much, but she does a phenomenal job. And of course, her film father, Henry Scarlet, uh, also known as Kevin Doyle, is one of the main characters in Downton Abbey, or main minor characters, maybe. Mm -hmm. He's an important character, <laughs> let's put it yes, that way. Yes, I'd say he's a very important character, very important minor character, yes. Yes. I'm Mr. hiding because I've never seen Downton Abbey at all. <laughs> <laughs> you should, but you I, should start from the beginning. You should that, really... That's what like, I thought. I watched up to episode three, and then I was like, I'm done. <laughs> no there there's no reason for episode three and then okay. i heard about episode six and then i'm like i'm super done <laughs> <laughs> william is played by Stuart martin isabel tell us what kind of role Stuart martin has played in so i wasn't as good as Lindsay. i didn't do as much research i admit it <laughs> but I also it's a bit difficult to find um it, it really is because i was looking at his stuff and yeah they're hard yeah. to find maybe it's easier in the uk but over here in germany it's it's quite difficult but i noticed from just looking at his imdb that 
he has a really wide range of characters that he's played and a wide range of project that he's been in. So it's not like he's only done, not only in, it's, it's bad, but <laughs> he <laughs> hasn't only done historical uh, shows or films. He's been in um, contemporary stuff and some crazy stuff as well. And some crazy stuff is, is coming out soon as well. Yeah, really wide range. And I think every Stuart Martin fan can find something uh, from his IMDb that they're going to enjoy. What most fans probably know is that he was on Medici, which is, um, I think, a British and Italian co-production. And it's about the famous Italian family, the Medici, and he plays one of them. He's only in the first season because the second and third one is set 20 or 30 years later. There are some nice scenes. So if you like to look at Stuart, it's mm -hmm. highly recommended. <laughs> as well as Jamestown. And he's in all the uh, seasons, all three seasons. And um, it's about the first settlers in Jamestown. They founded Jamestown. Um, how they yeah grew as a community, I guess, and how they treated um, the natives as well. And um, then, of course, they founded their wealth um, on the backs of slaves from um, Africa. So it's it's about good and bad things. It's maybe not very historically accurate. I didn't do a proper research on it <laughs> i i really enjoyed it i um liked the characters i thought there were some really funny quirky characters in it and later seasons there's a lot to see of um stuart <laughs> <laughs> and um he after miss scarlet he's done a few more things um there's a movie coming out soon we hope and I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. I think it's Dampier. I googled for the pronunciation, but I don't think I can do it justice, just <laughs> perfectly. And it's based on a comic book, an Italian comic book, I think. And it sounds super crazy and, well, comic-like. Uh, comic and he's also going to be in a prequel to Army of the Dead, which is called Army of Thieves. I'm not sure because Army of the Dead is a zombie movie, but they said Army of Thieves won't be about zombies that much. It's more like a romance movie, which I don't think is quite accurate, but we'll see. And that's going to be out on Netflix, which is great because then everybody, like everybody who has Netflix can watch it. I watched Army of the Dead and it's not scary zombies. So, and I, I don't understand how the prequel could be a romance. So um, I'm eager to see what the prequel is. Okay. My problem is I don't like zombies. I think they're boring. It's not like they're scary. I just think they're really boring because they move so slowly. And Well, these aren't slow zombies. So okay. They're not slow zombies. Okay. Maybe they're less boring then. Yeah. And <laughs> in, in the Army of the Dead, I would say zombies are kind of a side character it's more of a heist movie with zombies 
Okay. Yeah. So maybe Army of Thieves is going to be a romance movie with uh, zombies <laughs> on the side. Maybe. Well, we'll see. So kind of like Pride and Prejudice and zombies, zombies. just not Jane Austen. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I think one we'll thing see. to note about Jamestown is I Stuart is a bit of, his character is a bit of a translator for the natives. And I don't know if he's actually speaking a proper language or if it's kind of like a Klingon made up language or, you know, but he, I was really impressed by how easy, just how natural, how whatever language, if he was speaking a language, how, how, how easily it came across and how naturally it came across. Because I think that that takes a bit of talent. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, whatever it is, if it's a made up language or real language, um, he probably doesn't speak it. So he probably just uh, learned the sounds um, saying them the sounds yeah <laughs> without but it really... sounds very natural and, yeah. and like but... he is actually a translator yeah yeah he really sounds like he understands what he's saying mm -hmm. if that makes sense yes we asked last time for fan questions about our topic which is eliza and william so we have some fan questions our first fan question is megan k from facebook well, it's not really a question. It's more of a talking point, I guess I'd say. She wants us to talk about Eliza's hand mannerisms. She calls them flippy hands. <laughs> like when Eliza gets mad or annoyed, she kind of puts her emotions out in her hands. Like one scene, she closes a door from William's office and she kind of flips her hand because she's very annoyed at what William had said to her. So Lindsay kind of talked about Eliza's mannerisms a bit, but let's talk about Eliza's hands, how she puts her emotions out through her hands. Slapping, Isabel said, and flippy, you know, how she kind of puts her emotions out through her hands. Victorian, you would expect women can't really mouth off to people so maybe this is a way she can control her emotions I mean I think part of it is Eliza is very she's very fast and she she doesn't really slow down and so part of her kind of mannerisms and her movements is a bit of her kind of trying to get through the next thought and I think also another part of it is Eliza can be quite childish sometimes like, I, I think the whole when she's like opening William's door and trailing her hand is kind of a bit of that. You almost expect her to kind of go, na, 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 na. <laughs> kind of it's that, that childish nature that Eliza has. It's, it's the same, not necessarily with her hands, but when she's locked in the, the jail cell and, and she kind of has that, oh, I thought you knew how to unlock a door, like pick a lock kind of thing. And it's that childish nature that I think that brings out because although Eliza is she's 26 in the show so we think she's quite mature I think she's also a little bit naive at times I think she's been quite sheltered protected yeah sheltered um is a good word so I think part of the mannerisms is kind of her thinking and the speed at which her brain moves and and also 
that little bit of childish nature that she kind of has, especially when it's around William. Isabel, yeah. what other hand mannerisms does she have? I was slapping. promised. Yes, I was promised I could talk about the slapping. Talk about the <laughs> slapping. Oh, um, poor Clarence. Poor Clarence, I know. I, and poor Matthew Malone, because, yeah. you know. <laughs> because we know of two instances, the kiss and Clarence. Yes, that yes. That she, so. yeah, slaps. She seems to slap men a lot, and I'm kind of surprised that she didn't slap Dr. Morehouse because he was rather mean to her. She also didn't slap Rupert. She might have to, he's, he might have deserved at one point. But yeah, I think that like you mentioned that she's um, she's expressing or letting out her emotions through her hand movements, and in this t- case, her her anger and her frustration at being treated like a woman in Victorian times just finds an exit with her slapping and then it's unfortunately poor Clarence's face that's in the way. <laughs> Do you think she didn't slap Morehouse and Rupert because they were of a higher social status than Clarence and the Duke? I don't know, that um, just came to my mind. Like she couldn't <laughs> Um, I don't Uh, think that that status really means a lot to her, but I think that she wouldn't, like, at that point, like, in episode two, she wouldn't have slapped Robert because, um, well, he gave her money to run her agency, so she had to be nice to him a little bit, (laughs) and um, she knew that Dr. Morehouse was his friend, so um, I think she tried to behave. I think she wanted to slap him really badly, (laughs) but she was like, okay, maybe not this time. (laughs) (laughs) She also has just given Rupert some bad news by saying that she can't afford to kind of pay him the money, and he has kind of gone, don't worry, pay it whenever. So I think that she kind of has a little bit of leeway there of, oh, I've kind of got to be on my best behavior. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Next question is from at LizzieB81 on Twitter. Episode six, William asks Eliza to stay at his house. What were his uh, motives for asking her to stay at his house? I kind of have a, a, a sub theory on this one. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure he he would probably know that if he tells her that come and stay at my house that she's gonna say no and there's this little glint in his eye when she kind of goes no you must stay at mine and and I wonder if he kind of has gone she's not gonna say she's scared and ask me to stay but I also am not comfortable leaving her by herself so if I say to her come and stay at mine prompting her to go no you can stay at mine he kind of wins the battle without having the war And so, and there's this little glint that when he laughs and says, I'm just going to go and tell the desk sergeant, I'm not sure if that is, yes, I've just beaten you and you don't even know that we were fighting. Or is it a little chuckle of, great, I've now got to go and tell my desk sergeant that I'm staying at yours, rather than if you'd have stayed at mine, nobody would have to know that you were staying. But I've now got to go and say I'm staying at yours. So I think that it could be taken one of two ways, but I like to think that maybe he played her a little bit. Yeah. That's a good theory. I like that. Yeah. 
I, sometimes we want to see him win over her. I mean, so many times it's the other way around. And but on occasion, he deserves to like score <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he was kind of expecting anything because I think if he if she had have gone, yes, I will stay at yours. I think he probably would have wanted to make her quite feel quite comfortable and know that she's safe. He's been slapped by her once before. I don't think he would risk putting any sort of moves on her unless he knows he's not going to get slapped this time. I kind of feel like he's in this okay, I, I've got her in my life. I've got her in a position where she's doing what she wants, but I can look after her. I'm not going to rock the boat too much right now. So I think either way, whether she'd have stayed at his or he was at hers, nothing was going to happen. And on that um, note, our last question was asked by a lot of people, um, not just one person, but the whole question of, Will they, won't they, should they get together, you know, at any point in the series, next series, you know, series 10, the end of the show, should they, will they, at any point, will William join Eliza's detective agency? Because the last episode of this um, season, we saw them going to dinner. That's not a romantic dinner. They didn't say that. They're just going to dinner. I know Lindsay and Bella have both very different viewpoints. So, Lindsay, do yours first, and then, Isabel, you'll go next, okay? Yep. So, I guess my side, I don't want them, like, getting together instantly in season two. I'm quite happy to kind of roll this one out for a little bit longer. I'm always a little bit nervous with, the kind of will they won't they I've been burnt by a few show showrunners before so I'm reserving my judgment here part of me kind of goes at some point it would be nice to see them and see how they work out these kinks because it's not going to be picture perfect that the second they kind of decide okay maybe there's something more And I'm not saying we need to see them married and having kids and everything. I don't envisage that being in any way part of the show. But I think it would be nice to kind of see how they can kind of work together and work out these kinks and and kind of work out because I, I struggle to see where the middle ground is for them, where neither one of them kind of loses because we kind of see Eliza wanting this detective life she wants to work she wants her independence and then although we don't see it Rachel's kind of suggested that maybe William would like to kind of settle down and have a lovely wife and have a family and so there's genuine reasons I think at the moment why they're not together and why they they've got things to work out I always kind of feel like When you as a fan kind of visualize and see and understand why these two characters don't quite gel at the moment and if they did get together they'd probably kill each other it works and the will they won't they works the problem I have sometimes is that it tends to the characters not being together the reasons why they're not together tend to fade over seasons and then you end up watching and it gets really boring because the reasons that they're not together is purely because the writers don't want to put them together 
and that's where you know I've watched where you've brought in another character to kind of be a bit of a third wheel and you go I don't really care about that character I know the writers probably don't care about that character so why am I wasting time watching this character that I'm really not interested in so I'm kind of like because there's only six episodes I'd actually really just prefer if if we're going to have the two of them at some point let's just kind of focus on this friendship focus on their relationship and it doesn't have to be them getting together but there's got to be some sort of middle ground here okay Isabel what's your point yeah I'm just realizing that my opinion is not that different from Lindsay's (laughs) okay So in my experience, when we have this kind of uh, will they, won't they uh, situation, in many cases, other shows that I've watched, it tends to get boring once the couple (laughs) gets together and then the authors come up with sometimes really ridiculous reasons for them to break up or, or pretend to break up and them together and then as uh, Lindsay said they bring in a third character and because you you want to have drama you need to drama to make it interesting it's it can't be just like happily ever after and Eliza sitting at home watching the kids and (laughs) William doing his detecting and whatever that would be boring so I I'm quite happy for Rachel to keep them apart for a little while longer, for um, Eliza to really find her independence and maybe get some recognition as a detective. Um, It won't be much. um, It's still Victorian times, but maybe just some people at Scotland Yard, maybe even um, Clarence Honeychurch saying like, oh, wow, Eliza really well done or you really helped the case something like that so that would be really great and then um, at the same time I want to see William even more starting to respect her and to treat her as an equal and then over time in like season 10 or something (laughs) at the very end like last scene um, we see them really get together and Maybe he proposing to her and then fade to black, end of series. (laughs) (laughs) Her slapping her across the face. Yes. (laughs) You're going to make poor William wait till like the end of season 10, are you? (laughs) I'll sign him up for Monkhood. (laughs) It'll be be the first episode of the last season, okay? And then they can work it out. Uh, William can have his little lady friends. <laughs> I, I good with that. Okay. Well, I'm. I guess. I guess I'm with you guys. I think. I don't know if they're destined to be together, but I do. I do want them to explore at least their friendship, and maybe eventually it'll blossom into love. But right now, I want. Eliza to find herself. Henry has just died. She needs to gain the independence. I think she hasn't quite processed Henry dying and her being alone with Ivy, I guess. She needs to yeah, get recognition 
settle down into the detective agency, get that solidly built and create some sort of not partnership with William, but like a coexistence with William where he's not angry every time he shows up and she's there already. And then they, you know, build their friendship and then maybe it'll blossom into love. Season nine and 10 can be them exploring that love. And then, yeah, he'll be on bended knee in the beach and then fade to black. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I'm okay with them getting together, but I think fans were assuming that the dinner and then season two, episode one, it's going to open with a wedding. And that just is a gigantic leap that scares me (laughs) you know (laughs) that is enormously jumping the shark because that will not work guys I'm so sorry (sighs) I don't think Eliza is quite ready for marriage I think she's she's kind of in this I always look at it in that I feel like Eliza is a bit of a dangerous situation where she doesn't actually have to listen to anybody and she William can give all the advice he wants she can ignore it all she wants and at the minute that's kind of where she is and where she needs to learn at what point do I follow my gut and ignore everybody around me and at what point do I go okay I need to listen to William now he he does in some instances he is gonna know better and she's completely kind of blinders at the minute so I think that there's a long way for both of them before they're quite in that okay we're on the same page I feel like they're reading the same book but (laughs) maybe he's a few chapters ahead of her and she's she's just got to spend a little bit more time catching up because she's only just lost her dad who she probably has spent a lot of time listening to respecting clearly by not getting into this detective business is in the way that she would like sooner but equally it's a bit too quick for her to have to listen to William because if they were together now he really would be I'm in charge, I'm the man, I'm big important detective inspector, and she would hate him, you know, she yeah, really I, would. I think with the prison es- episodes, five and six, she learned a little that she can get easily over her head, but I don't know if it was a big enough lesson for her to learn that lesson fully. No, so, the fact that she didn't listen to him to stay in the house, And although in her mind she's going to meet Moses and she's safe, by kind of leaving and and following what she wants to do, it's possible. We we don't know at that point how good or bad Moses is. We didn't know enough about him at that point to know, is he going to be getting her in more trouble or is she perfectly safe with him? So I think that she hasn't quite learned, you know, and I think also William needs to learn what's the best way. I love the fact that in episode, I think it's episode three, she kind of says to him, don't ignore me, William, you know, I hate it. And then when she kind of tells him in episode six that she's met Moses and, you know, she knows about Nathaniel's brother, he gives her the silent treatment and he locks her up without saying a single word. He doesn't get angry. He doesn't shout. He just locks her up silently. And I think you kind of learn a little bit there, William. Mm hmm. They both have lessons to learn about each other. Then you do so. the silent treatment. Yeah. So I think they've both got a got a long way to learn, but hopefully we'll, we'll 
you know, I'm up for that journey. Yep. Yes. Many, many seasons. Many, Please. many, <laughs> many, many, many. Okay. Many. Any late night ponderings about William and Eliza that you want to ask the fans? So I have a question about Eliza that I, I would, I, I would, a theory I would, I would like our fans to maybe, maybe give me their thoughts on the, on the podcast page. In the show, the only person that asks Eliza why she wants to be a detective is Clara Sims in episode one. And Eliza's kind of response to that is, I've had so many people telling me I can't do it. That's reason enough to do it. And I kind of wonder, is there another reason why Eliza really wants to be this detective? What, What do we think maybe has happened is it Henry pulling away and her kind of want to kind of pull him back and, and go back into the relationship that they had maybe after her mother died and um, him showing her all this detective skills? And maybe there was a closeness there that that kind of got lost and she wants to try and get it back. She's seeking something. What 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 is it that we think that makes Eliza go, I want to be a detective and I'm going to do it? Because I kind of feel like there's more to this than just everybody's told me no, so I'm going to do it anyway. So I'm, I'm intrigued as to why people, why the rest of the Scarleteers think that, that she wants to be a private detective. Okay, fans, you have your homework. You tell us what you think on the Facebook page, um, in our group, on Twitter, on Instagram. So you, there was also another point to, to one of the questions. I think you said about whether William would join Eliza at her agency. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. and my answer to that one is I, I can see them eventually at some point maybe working together, but I don't think it would work in the show because I think it would change Eliza too much. I think... William is used to being in charge and used to being this detective inspector and everybody kind of doing what he says, like all the people under him, whereas the detective agency is Eliza's and he'd actually have to follow her lead. And I can't see that sitting very comfortably with him. And equally, I don't think she would take it too light, too nicely if people come in and instead of seeing her they see William and they'd be like yeah I'm going to go with you not because of her skill or her you know what she can bring to the table but because William's sitting there so I think in terms of the show we probably wouldn't see that mainly because I think it would just change the dynamic it would definitely add a bit of drama (laughs) it's a very Remington Steele situation where she's really the detective and just uses his name um, to run the agency and then um, well the character played by uh, Pierce Brosnan comes in and then pretends to be Remington Steele so I think there would be a little bit like that because everybody just goes oh I I want the famous Remington Steele to work my case and um, you know it's actually her doing all the detecting Um, so I can't really see them working together on like permanently maybe just one or two cases and like they did in season one yeah and um i also think that for the show to work and for um 
the plots, the different plots and the different mysteries, you need some kind of connection to Scotland Yard, to the official p police force. If uh, William worked at her agency, they still needed that link to Scotland Yard. And I can't see that link. I don't think... Um, Clarence but what if, and I was say, well, what if Clarence becomes a detective inspector and they use Clarence? <laughs> I think he isn't there yet. Sorry, Clarence. I love maybe you. that's season six. <laughs> yes, yes. Maybe season six or seven. <laughs> there's, there's room for Clarence to improve. Yeah. Maybe uh, Clarence will move up into Frank's position. Yeah. Eventually, mm -hmm. I can't quite see it just yet. I think he would, he, he needs to build up his own sense of self-confidence, I think. You know, he, he needs a few moments of William at least giving him a well done before yeah. I think he'd, he'd be capable of moving up. But it's it's progression and it's a place for, you know, Clarence to get to. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> we I love Clarence. We, yes, we love do. Clarence. Okay, guys, um, our next episode is going to be on Moses. So fans, ask us all your questions or what theories or whatever you want us to talk about Moses. Ask us on the podcast Facebook page in our Scarletears group, on the Scarletears Twitter, or on the Scarletears Instagram. And we might pick your question to read on our next podcast. So Moses is our next month's topic. And we are very excited. Yes, very. <laughs> and Moses. I did I did Google the Duke of Wellington and oh. he was he was constable of the tower in 1826. So uh -huh. he was technically part of the police. Okay. So that could be another part of why William is, is the Duke. Yes. Okay. Great theory. Thank you, Lindsay. Good job, Lindsay. She gets a gold star for today. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Scarlet Tears podcast. Music by Kevin McLeod, Incomatech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribute 4.0, license HTTP colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0 forward slash.